0: All right. Freddie Hubbard on trumpet. Eric Dolphy on alto sax and flute. Oliver Nelson on tenor sax, and he's the arranger as well. George Barrow, baritone sax. Bill Evans on piano. Uh, we have Paul Chambers on bass and Roy Haynes on drums. And this tune is titled, Stolen Moments. It's from Nelson's 1961 album, The Blues and the Abstract Truth. I just read off the names of the uh, septet, but I have a little story that occurred to me. Roy Hayes. Um, I was in the village. I used to go to the village quite a bit. And I bumped into a friend, and we started talking. And then a photographer friend of mine uh, from who knows where, but he came to New York, and he was doing photography. He was quite excited. And as I was talking, I looked over the shoulder of my friend and I said, oh, I see Roy Haynes is playing tonight. I gotta go see him. So I said, well, what, what does he play? I said, drums, he's a drummer. And they all agreed, both of them I should say, and we all agreed that we will go. So we go to the jazz club and just in time. It was only a matter of minutes before the show started. And when it did start, it was incredible. Now, Hayes is a short enough guy, but he likes to wear hats a lot. I mean, big Panama hats. So very often, he looks like he's all hat. so anyway it came time for his solo and he lets loose a blistering solo and I said oh man that is something and my other friend says oh that's bad and the new friend who joined us looks so puzzled he said I I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) So we had to give him an orientation. Bad, in this case, is very good. It's really bad. Okay, so there you go. A little humor starts us off today. A day that we don't even know how the end of the day would be, uh, what would bring us to the end of the day. What will the news be? It is so crazy. And after a while, you know, the Chinese saying, may you live in interesting times (laughs) as a kind of curse. Um, I think these are interesting times. I cannot understand what is going on with Joe Biden? Is he present in the moment when he speaks? Or you know, does his brain take leaves of absence and then rejoins him at another time after he leaves the microphone? I don't know. But it's crazy what is happening here. The whole world seems to be going upside down. And just the same, we have to live. So we have to make sense of this, meaning whatever's going on, we have to remind ourselves, we don't yet know all there is to know, but we can try as much as we can to get a reasonable reading of it. Albeit incomplete, it may even be wrong, Uh, but we we, we have to do some thinking these days, every day, because we are confronted with Quickly changing scenarios, and they're not good ones. Everything points to disaster, to war, to killing, to people being removed forcibly from their homes, to poverty, to, well, you know, the list is long. I'm kind of tired of it, actually. This particular news cycle of Biden and Putin and everybody else trying to figure out who is going to get the big prize. And in the meantime, racking up bodies. People are dying. And this war is a complex one used to be you could figure out what the war is about. This side is fighting that side over such and such an issue. Okay, get back. We don't know what they're fighting for. We don't know who these people are. And we can't make sense of what they're doing as leaders. We can't make sense of it. We know there's got to be an endgame. There's got to be some kind of a goal. But it's not simple. It's a complex goal. And even when they tell us, they don't tell us at all. We still have to wait and see if what they say looks like it might be true or partially true. But we can't trust anybody talking to us. At least that's the way it resonates with me. I don't know what is going on, really. In the big picture, you can figure out, yeah, this country is fighting that country. These people are fighting those people. And you can probably get a hint of what the fight is about. But we have no real explanation from day to day for the horrific things that are happening. And why they can't seem to stop. So I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind. I like to ask the questions. And she wouldn't come up with as answers because I'm getting close to being fresh out of answers, (laughs) this whole scenario that we're living in, we're, we're enveloped in it, the whole world, even when we have nothing to do with it. We're nonetheless directly affected. We have to make adjustments in our lives. Dramatic and radical and immediate adjustments. We have to hope that what our side is saying is true. The other side is hoping that what they're hearing is true. But they have come, I think, to recognize it's mostly not true. We can't depend on the word. The words of our leaders, The leaders are not trustworthy. All right. So let's start with the first question. Can you explain the significance of president Joe Biden's four day swing through Europe? Explain the significance of president Joe Biden's four day swing through Europe. That's a very straightforward question. And if you have an explanation for it, if you can guide us through it, that would be great. What was the reason for this, uh, tour everybody's touring these days. He's on a tour. Could you tell us what that was about? What was intended? And was it achieved? 888-874-4888 is the number to call. Let's see if we get some uh, uh, some answers going quickly because we have quite a few questions here. And I want to be able to ask as many as possible because every day we are being told something, we have no real way to test the veracity of what we're being told. So we have to wait to the next batch of uh, disinformation. We don't know what's going on really But we we think we have an idea based on an amalgamation of reports. And you pick out the salient points that seem to be occurring in most of the reports. And then you use that as, I suppose, what is going on, as the, the report of what's going on. But what really is going on? Do you know? Do you think you know? 888 874 4888. Let's move
1: it. 888 874 4888. And Benji from New York, you start us off. Yeah, yeah, hi. Good afternoon. Uh, I, I invite, Good afternoon. Uh, I- yeah, good afternoon. if I could just say uh, just, just uh, before I answer the question, I, you know, you touched on that the things that's going on is very complex. But I just wanted to comment on on just uh, I, I have a, a little I have a, a little bit of solution as to what's going on over here. If you watched the Oscars yesterday and you saw Will Smith no, no, reaction, no,
0: we're not going there. I asked. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> all right, all
1: right. I, I, I had an idea. I, I had an idea. Okay, fine. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, 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 what Biden was trying to do, he was trying to, uh, this all goes back to, I think, the Yalta conference, because Yalta, uh, 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 his vision, see, the tension between, between Russia and the United States is that Russia, uh, at the Yalta conference, what he was trying to accomplish, FDR, was that, that there should be free and open elections in all the, in all the like Poland and, and all the, in, in, in the European countries. And uh, and Roosevelt said, and, and Stalin said, yes, we'll have it. And he and FDR saw sh- shortly after that, that he that he's not going to keep his word. So I think that's the tension. The tension is the United States is still upset as, as to the Soviet expansion of all those countries. And uh, and what he was trying to accomplish by going to all, these especially in Poland, was to say, you know what? We, we, we didn't stand by you at the Yalta conference we're going to We're standing by you now. Uh, that that's what I would say he accomplished in in, in the last
2: 4 days.
0: Really? Um, yeah. I didn't get that, but I'm I'm interested if somebody could join you and buttress your point of view. Thank you for offering it. 888-874-4888 Tony from Florida, you're on the air. I for my hey, thank you for calling. Right, um,
3: I'm, I'm going to give you a different take on what the previous caller was talking about. Um, for our, from what I've been following, um, Joe Biden has been negotiating uh, trade deals with uh, Europe as this um, situation unfolds over there. And uh, basically what I see is that they're renegotiating deals that have been made in the past, and they're pretty much cutthroating the Russians out of um, the deals that they've had with um, Western Europe, and um, so that's what I see. I see that his four-day trip was over there negotiating, finalizing uh, particularly natural gas. Uh, because um, they want to stop purchasing uh, Russian natural gas. And and, um, so Joe Biden was over there pitching and um, finalizing deals to sell more natural gas to Europe. Uh, But I find it kind of ironic because uh, the United States, uh, we are currently facing uh, high energy prices because we're told that uh, we're, we're no longer energy independent that we rely on foreign oil and gas, yet we somehow have enough natural gas to sell to Europe. So from what I see, it's, it's a win-win. It's a win for the energy producers to maintain high energy prices, and it's also a, a, a win for the Biden administration, i.e. the Democrat Party, to argue for alternative energy. So I see it as a win-win for both the energy producers to maintain high energy prices and also to allow the Democrat party to continue to run on uh, alternative energy by making the case that uh, alternative energy can be comparable in price to energy prices. When in fact, uh, this is as we see it playing out is a manufactured crisis. Uh, this is all, this all could have been prevented. And, um, so I believe that, uh, this is, uh, purposely done and it's going to result in a recession. Because but, at the end of the but decade, if you don't mind me yeah. saying
0: this, I'm, I'm going to ask you the question. I, I, am not, um, doubting, or I'm not contesting what you're saying, but are you selecting, a little piece of the big picture and you're talking about that without giving us what you think is the big picture. Well, the big, big, big picture is at the end of the day, the world leaders
3: are going to come off way richer than what they already are. Uh, for example, in, in Russia, for example, um, the, the West has pretty much um, ditched and left hanging all these Russian companies over there. the stock market was closed for an mo- um, amount of period of time. Uh, and so basically a lot of these Russian companies have been um, valued to zero. So this is going to create a situation where Putin is going to be able to come in, nationalize these companies and pretty much take over the companies, you know, and he's going to become even more rich. And the same thing is happening in the West, over here. You have uh, uh, people just renegotiating deals, like I said. They're renegotiating the energy deals. People, there's so much money. Like you said, it's sad. There's so many people dying and suffering and being misplaced and all that. But at at the cost, that's the cost of all these rich uh, oligarchs or, you know, whatever you want to call them, uh, to make even more money. It's part of the whole Great Reset. It just, it, 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 I mean, and, we're, and it's going to get even worse. This is just part of that piece. We're going to, the, the aftermath of this, we're going to see it here. I mean, for, for right now, we're insulated to a certain degree. But eventually, the wave, this wave uh, of upheaval, people is, is eventually going to uh, uh, exaggerate itself over here in the United States. Hmm. I mean, you already seen oh, it with the uh, interest rates. Interest rates are starting to rise. Uh, we saw it with the energy prices. But now the interest rates are starting to rise. So anybody that has debt, and I've called your show several times in the past, uh, stating the fact that people need to be debt-free, do not owe money on credit cards. Uh, uh, these are variable interest rates. When, they, when these interest rates rise, you will be trading water in debt. You will not be able to reduce your debt because the interest rate gets to a point where your minimum payment that you pay uh, uh, is not enough to cover the interest that, that, that is um, charged on your account. So um, you'll be treading water, people, anybody who wants to buy a new car. Uh, uh, right now, it's, it's very difficult to, buy, to even get a base model vehicle. I mean, everything that the, the dealerships are selling right now, are the top premium models to forcing people before you used to have like three categories of vehicles for a particular model, you know, depending on the packages and the, the add-ons, the bells and whistles you can add to your vehicle. Now when you go to a dealer, they're selling you the top, you know, fully loaded vehicle at an extreme uh, inflated price. And then, and then you add that on top of the fact that the interest rates are even higher. So, um, and, and that's where most of your big debt is at. It's going to be in your credit cards, your car payments. Most people are in that category. And, uh, and then, thirdly, uh, your home mortgages. So uh, we're already starting to see that there are less home mortgages being applied for because of the interest rates otherwise. So what happens to that part is where people had homes uh, and got into them, uh, purchased a home in the past couple of years, uh, you might start seeing your home value go down because as interest rates go up to make it more affordable to purchase a home going forward, the home value has to go down. So you're going to see credit cards going out of control, uh, foreclosures uh, on, on auto, auto loans and you're going to see, uh, on homes and, All right. uh, and we're
0: going to have a recession. So well, it's good. Oh, 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 oh. You, you, you're just a fountain of great news today. Tony, <laughs> Thank you for calling and contributing today. Ed from Queens, you're on the air. What was and still is behind Biden's four-day foray into
4: Europe? Okay. Okay. Well, basically, it was a reassurance tour. It was a tour to reassure NATO allies and the West, Western European countries that America's still in the mix. That we're not going to leave you hand. You know, we're not going to leave you hand fisted out there by yourselves. It was a, it was a renegotiation tour as far as to see if we could get some deals for oil. It was to sell off some of the excess uh, uh, natural gas that we have. Because it's not an easy thing to sell natural gas. Natural gas has to be liquefied and shipped across the ocean. If you want to, if you want to sell natural gas from the United States to, to Europe, you got to go across the North Atlantic. You got to go on special tankers. So it's not an easy thing to do. But basically, it's just there's a geopolitical shift going on. China and Russia are, play, are playing a big part in it. And what what we're seeing now. Is the the musical the game of musical chairs? Who's going to be on whose side? Who's going to be in control for the next fifty years? And 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 Biden is doing his part as a servant of empire. He's trying to jockey America's position because the only resource that America has on a global uh, scale is uh, three hundred and eighty-five uh, military bases that we have around the world. Is our Is the nuclear strength? Is the army? Is the stick? America isn't an economic powerhouse anymore. It isn't an innovative powerhouse when it comes to technology. It isn't a, a manufacturing powerhouse as it was back in the 1800s and 1900s. It's, it, it's, it's an empire that's enclosed. And right now, and with, as empires close, it takes time. And it's a slow death. The Roman Empire didn't die, it, it took 500 years for the Roman Empire to die fully out. And the Visigoths and the Vikings will take over. So things change, and it's a slow process. It's a very slow process, and, and uh, we're looking at the end of empire. But America is just trying so to get the position.
0: China. So, so what, what was Biden? I mean, okay, I go with what you said. It makes sense. But what was the hidden hand that Biden was trying to play?
4: I, mean, I, I didn't really see any hidden hand. I mean, it, it was obvious to me. He's trying to to parlay favor with the Western country. He's trying to 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 in, impress the Western, uh, impress NATO, show them that hey, we're not going to leave you out there. We're not going to let you down. There's this myth running around that Putin is some type of next. Uh, he's the next Stalin. He's the next Hitler. And Putin's not really that. Putin's just trying to cover his behind. And I believe he's putting on a largest show for China to show that, hey, Russia's still in the game. When you go, when China takes off in the next 50 years and, and the belt in the road by President Ping really becomes a, a key part in global economics to the point to where you won't be able to move any merchandise without having China have a hand on it or a foot on it, um, Russia wants to be there. Russia and a large parts of Russia are in the East, and Russia wants to be considered an ally do it to China. And that's the, for, for, from the larger scale, that's what a lot of this posturing and positioning is. That's what a lot of this, is, that's what a lot of this is about. I think America was a little surprised because they goaded him into attacking the Ukraine. Like I, when I was in the service about 10 years ago and all the things were going on there with Clinton and, and Bosnia and all, and all of those uh, uh, Eastern European countries, that was part of the plot to force Russia Out of the picture. And and, uh, America is trying to establish itself for the immediate future. But I don't I think it's a lost cause. I think it's a it's a futile struggle and that uh, America is going to die. Is. Is Biden's major
0: point here to reaffirm. U.S. supremacy
4: worldwide. Definitely, yes. It's a futile attempt at best, America is a paper tiger. I don't think, I mean, nobody, nobody wants global thermonuclear war, like I told you before, and you'd be surprised. I worked in that field when I was in the Army, and half of the tactical weapons don't even work. They've got expendable parts, they've got things that since the Cold War is over, they're. I still have contacts in the military and they're telling me that some of the stuff hasn't even been serviced. They've got expendable batteries. They've got thermite charges that need to be replaced. These, these weapons need extensive maintenance to make sure that they work and they haven't been getting it. And they, and America doesn't have the technical, uh, uh, skill to even sell some of these weapons as bad scores have been on the low. Uh, recruitment has been on the low, the technical aspect of, of the jobs as far as, uh, of weapons maintenance are not there anymore. I was a weapons maintenance specialist and they're losing ground with that. So a lot of these devices that uh, everybody's so scared of, they'll, work. they'll just be done. So, I mean, man, nobody, and only other, only other thing is intercontinental ballistic weapons and nobody wants to end the world. I mean, I don't care how crazy, unless you're absolutely mad, man, nobody wants to end the world from the, from the basis point of we can't make no money. So, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of the posturing and the, and the saber-rattling is for effect. And it's not really going to happen. And I, like I said, I believe this conflict is going to dole on making arms dealers and making the vulture capitalist money until it, it, they can't make any more money off of it and the next, the next thing comes up. And the next thing is going to be in the East and it's going to be with China. And, and, more, and I believe that North Korea is going to be involved in it also. They're going to play a part.
0: So on the whole, what did Biden communicate to the world about the United States of America and where it is? Now?
4: Well, on the surface, if you're looking at it from the from strictly propaganda point of view, America's still here. America is strong. We're the good guys. We're the white hats, and we're going to prevail, and we're, we're not going to leave Europe out there. If you're looking at it from my perspective, it's the it's the it's the it's the, a, a tale of silent fury really signifying nothing. It's the flailing of a of a dying man. It's the it's the protestations of an impotent individual. You know, I'm still here. Don't ignore me. But Wait a can...
0: minute! What kind of language, are... what is this that you're communicating here? Death, the the, the, the end of of world leadership, ooh, this is heavy stuff. It is. I
4: mean, come on. First of all, look at our leader. He's a doddering old man. He makes gas on the regular. He's got he's got a specious record as far as being honest. I mean, and to be quite honest, you and me both know he was the evil of two lessons because nobody wanted the orange man back. And that's the only reason why he won. He wasn't a choice of positivity. He was a choice of lesser negativity. He can't even parley with his vice president. Where is she? She's not even playing a pointless freaking thing. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's it, it's a comedy of errors. And and, and to be totally frank, would y'all be glad when they out of the game? He's something new. So, how do you really feel it? There you
0: go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, thank you so much for calling in and contributing today. Very sobering points, I might add, because there's a lot of truth to what you just said, and I hope people didn't miss it. Thank you, thank you, Henry from Chicago. You're on the air. Hello, you, Hey, Henry. Uh, well,
5: this might be a short call because Henry touched—I mean, uh, not Henry. Uh, 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 the, the last call, <laughs> Ed touched upon. Ed. Ed touched upon all the points that I
0: was going to make. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Ed, you have been publicly castigated as a point stealer. Yeah, well, don't steal I mean, you know, people's great,
5: gr- great, great minds think alike. So. <laughs>
0: Ah, that's a good <laughs> comeback. my just, just you know, one uh, or two of the points have escaped ads, uh, clutches, and still need to be fleshed out?
5: Well, I mean, you know, just to reiterate, you know, Biden is just uh, basically trying to save face in the European uh, Union. Uh, he it, We all know that the United States is losing uh hegemony in that area and also other parts of the world. Um as Ed said, it's a failing empire that is going down by the minute and pretty soon economically, you know, we'll be in the rears uh with China being up front. Um but, you know, I I think um I think what one point Ed did say that, that I do disagree with is there are some people who want the world to blow up. I, I believe that. I believe there are there are some people who want the want the world to blow up because of the fact that because of the fact that there are many people who are very dissatisfied with this capitalistic system that the capitalists will probably make a way to you know to start you know a nuclear war. Uh, you know, if they you wow. know, if they lose their power I, I I honestly believe that. I believe that there are people who want the world to blow up. and also to uh he mentioned that you know Biden won off the strength of just people just didn't want Trump. but I think there is a there is a there is an underlying reason for that as well because of the fact that Trump mishandled the pandemic when it first started. So I think the pandemic, you know, Trump's handling of the pandemic uh, caused him to lose. Uh, but I think if the pandemic didn't happen, I think we would be seeing another four years of Trump. So that's only that's the only two points that I, I actually disagree with, with Ed. But other than that, he was reading my mind. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Uh, what do you think the European community has taken away from biden's visit what do you think they're thinking right about now i think they're thinking that
5: uh i think they're thinking uh the same thing i think uh the united states is fledging uh they're they're you know they're basically kind of like uh trying to throw a rope out there uh to 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 make people know that they're still world power and they might be rethinking this whole they might be rethinking this whole Russia thing, this Russia-Ukraine thing, um, because obviously there are some uh, countries like Germany who is mm-hmm. uh, is going through a downspin because of the fact that now they can't get they can't get their natural resources like gas from Russia, which they majority you know got their resources from. And these European countries are 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 uh, are basically kind of feeling the effects of these sanctions against, you know, against Russia, because they got a lot of products from Russia. So, you know, this whole thing of Biden telling us, you know, well, gas prices is $5. We have to, you know, we, we have to endure through it. I think he's doing that. He's doing that same talk to the Europeans, but in a different way, not in a way that, you know, he's telling us that we have to endure it. But I think he's telling the Europeans as well, just endure this, and, and 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 we'll we'll get through it. But I think the Europeans like, wait a minute. I think we got a raw deal in this because you know, like I said, Russia was a big supplier of gas in, in, in those places, and and they're uh and they're basically like, you know, we're suffering here economically too, as far you know, not just the Russians, and and you even got you know uh, uh, countries that are not in the European Union you know, like India, who basically said. We don't care what sanctions you got against Russia. We buying our oil and we buying it cheap. So, so the India, you know, uh, uh India is like well, we don't care about that because obviously they, you know, they're not going to be going through their economic downturn just because of the fact that you know uh, the United States and and, and the Western uh, nations, you know, caused this war with Ukraine. India is like. <laughs> We got to recover our economy, too. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. So, all in all, you told us that Biden is looking a little weak, although, of course, he is professing great strength, that the United States still has its strength, Um, the strength of its economy, the strength of its military, and the strength of the, the ties, the historic ties it has worldwide. So it's, it, it, it uh, might have suffered a blow or two, but no more so than any other country, and it still remains strong and viable. Do you believe that? No. <laughs> no, you don't, okay. No, no. Why? Why don't you believe that? Because that's—he was selling that all over the place. I mean,
5: like I said, just just
0: look at what
5: what the uh, the economies of the European nations are going through. Now, like I said, I just gave an example of Germany, and I don't know about the other uh, uh, European countries, but I'm pretty sure Germany is buying a lot of natural gas and resources from Russia. Some of the other European nations are doing that, too, which, like I said, they're, you know, they're suffering as well. So for me, it's, you know, I don't think I don't think Biden appears to be weak. I think he is weak.
0: Wow. What would he be doing if he weren't weak?
5: Well, I mean, he wouldn't be making this grand tour of Europe talking about, you know, uh, uh, economic solidarity and NATO and and all this other kind of, you know, political buzzwords that he's throwing out there, uh, and then also too, you know, uh, castigating uh, Putin in a in a very tacky way, which you know i i i, mm-hmm. I, I, I would I would never think a a a, a, a a leader of a sovereign nation would say that to another leader of a sovereign nation that, you know, hasn't officially declared war uh, with them. But, you know, obviously we're not, we're not big enough to, 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 to stand a war against Russia. So, you know, he tries to castigate him publicly like that. So I, you know, it's, you know, it, 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 it all goes back to that old, you know, uh, Reagan and Gorbachev, you know, war words, things. You know, you know how two people just stand up in front of each other and just start screaming and and, and cursing at each other, but nobody wants to throw the first punch.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, because the first punch leads to Armageddon, mm-hmm. so they have to be exactly. very, very careful exactly. about what they do. Yep. Do you think? The United States, in the person of uh, President Biden, but do you think the United States has gotten into the Russia-Ukraine war too deep at this point? Yes. Without, yes. I mean, there's no you know open field with tanks over here and tanks over there aimed at each other, but we know. From the expressions that Biden has made, and you're right, that was very unpresidential for him to say, to castigate another leader like that, and also to say to the country itself, to all Russians, that uh, they have a weak leader. Nobody likes to hear that kind of language. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and I'd say, I, and and you're
5: right. They, they've had uh, our country has gone very deep in this Ukraine situation, where we we've put the Ukrainians in a situation where they cannot win this war, and they will not win this war. But we cheer them on, you know. We we go to them into this fight, even though we're not supplying anything militarily for them, and obviously, you know, Zelensky is. Trying to call for a no-fly zone, which obviously, if we did do that, that would that would be the trigger of World War III, because Putin basically said any of our planes get shot down by uh, uh, any foreign uh, countries is considered an enemy. So we've put the Ukrainians in this situation where they're not going to win, and I feel like when this war is over, uh, whether it be you know, Russia uh, annexing Ukraine or basically splitting up Ukraine or basically putting in a puppet regime that that's favorable to the Russians, the Ukrainians are going to remember this. And, and if you think that there's anti-American sediments in, in this part of the world, oh my God, the Ukrainians are going to be very mad at this because it's going to basically destabilize the country or it's going to be a country that is in total control of, of Russian
3: authority.
0: So did you see any evidence that Biden's four day trek accomplished much? No,
5: I I don't think it accomplished anything. Uh, Matter of fact, it, 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 it basically kind of made it worse uh, when you looking at the, when you're looking at the Ukraine, Russia war, because, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, Zelensky was willing to sit down with Russia to kind of compromise on, on a lot of the things that uh he wasn't compromising with uh in this last month. Uh his his country was under attack. So uh I think Zelensky is is now uh is now realizing that they're not gonna win this morning. The only way out of it is to just deal with the
0: Russians. Huh. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you, Henry, for your contribution today. You stirred a lot of, uh, you stirred the water quite a bit. And if people were listening, uh, I know they were, they're probably saying, well, now I have to take some more notes and follow some of the themes that you laid out here today, which I think quite insightful. Thank you so much for calling in. Calling in. All right. We, well, you know, we'll just continue today. Let's hear what you are say. 888-874-4888. What do you think came out of that four day trek? How do you interpret it? Brother Dave from Brooklyn, you're on the air.
2: Uh, Thank you very much. Good afternoon, all. Uh, I've been listening to this discussion, and the first thing that comes to my mind is you have to look at President Biden. And with President Biden, the one thing that comes first to me is the saying that you cannot be loyal to two masters and that should make people think who is the master that president Biden is working for. And I think my opinion, it's not the people. It's those people that have ruled him since he got into politics, the ruling elite, the oligarchs that really run this country and his allegiance to them. Uh, We are dealing with uh, a battle with uh, the American uh, government, which is a tremendous hegemon, and those at the top, the corporate class, the ruling class, uh, are in charge, and things are done in their interests. Now, for them it has been very profitable to have the things that are going on in Ukraine, Ukraine rather, uh, go on. I mean, the tremendous profit that uh, manufactures the military equipment and the uh, uh, expansion of NATO, all of these things are uh, driven on by the idea of the the the, uh, the the function of the United States is uh warfare, so this has been a very profitable thing, and uh, they wanted to add Ukraine to that uh bottom line and they did everything to uh exercise the coup d'etat and get that in uh in effect and uh Start training the Ukrainians and so forth, and we have to take that into consideration. All these activities are not in the interest of the masses of American people, the, the people that live here. And, but they're in tremendous they are tremendously benefiting those who rule that some of us understand they rule. And the people don't rule here uh, in terms of their bottom line. So that is the main thing that I'm thinking about. Whatever Biden does in making a a tour of some countries and whatnot, very interesting. But uh, that's not going to solve any problem because Biden works for the people who rule, not the people, the masses of people who live here or throughout the world who are suffering from American uh, worldwide policy of world domination of the largest empire that is in effect today in the world and is wrecking havoc all over the world and of uh, interest of the ruling class that runs the United States. And people ought to always keep that in mind because this is not an interest of the people, the masses of people who live here or anywhere in the world. It is about a hegemony and it's about the ruling classes that run the world because especially in the United States, they are fooled into thinking that they have democracy and this is in no way a democracy. This is rule by the ruling class with the illusion of democracy that many people still seem to have. So when Biden
0: comes back, as he has, he's come back, what do you think he will present as evidence that he did well?
2: Well you know, that's that's part of the Propaganda gave, you know, Edward Renee uh, Floyd's uh, nephew, uh, good propaganda. You know, the all these intelligence agencies and uh, they, they specialize in pro- propaganda. Uh, you know, I know people who have been intelligence officers and you learn to write propaganda. So uh, people are very susceptible to the excellence in propaganda that all these agencies run and don't forget they have all these major uh, information areas like newspapers television radio many of these I'd say most are probably in their pocket so you know they they will do whatever is necessary to psychologically uh, damage the population with the proper propaganda to uh, maybe uh, help him to get some uh, more support for the status quo of ruling class throwing out weapons and uh, trying to enrich that class of people at the expense of everybody. They don't care about the people. I mean, if we had a, a type of capitalism here, uh, let's say they have in the Scandinavian countries. I mean, it might be different, but this is American capitalism, and that's a very harsh capitalism. And what you do is you rule by propaganda. Does, does Joe Biden have, in
0: your view, does he have anything that allows him to make a credible case uh, that, in fact, the United States is still... The big man on campus, it's still, it's still holding its own in terms of world recognition and world support.
2: Well, uh, you know, Joe Biden and the rest of that gang that runs the country uh, are very good in uh, dominating all the most of the small countries. Uh, they interfere everywhere in the world uh in terms of the interests of the ruling class so uh they they have a worldwide network you know those people who do some studying know about how it works they're involved everywhere, and uh in some places they take over the whole continent with certain exceptions like uh one country in Africa can I think of. But the point is that uh, the whole game is about enriching the few at the expense of the people. And that's exactly what we have here. And it hasn't changed. Don't expect Joe Biden to, uh, has been a, a tiger for the ruling class all his life all over uh, to change his, become a pussycat. He's not going to do it. No matter what happens, you, you can't change that man-eating tiger into a pussycat. And don't expect it. He's not going to do what is good for the masses of people here or anywhere else. He's going to do what's good for the corporations. we got to keep our eye on the fact that the place is run by the the corporations, the oligarchs, the ruling class, or whatever you want to call that. It's not run in the interest of you and me. And people have to keep that in mind. It's hard to get it across to people because the propaganda is so effective. I, I can't believe I talk to people and how they swallowed this left and right. So I think that is the biggest problem. People don't have the information, and there's such censorship that goes on. I, I've been censored, and uh, I, I get people and talk to them, and the censorship is so strong, and uh, they come up with the most ridiculous thing, thinking that those who rule are ruling in their favor, when those who rule are ruling in favor of one, one, one thing that is there, bottom line, period. Hmm.
0: So do you expect, let me put the question this way, will, once he's returned and is now going to, the lack of a better word, I would say campaign, he will, you know that's oh, a great sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You know what that is? That is what you call playing somebody. And what he's gonna do, he's gonna do whatever's necessary to play the people to try to get them to think what he wants them to think. What he wants them to think and that's what the that's what the newspapers are about, that's what the television and radio are about, unless you listen to PRN. Uh, the point is, you've got to be able to play the people to go along with this game you're playing on them. And the people here have a tremendous game being played upon them. They don't understand what is going on in terms of the truth. And I can think of so many things that people don't understand that is going on that is not in their interest. So it's very hard. Don't forget, you got to go to the ruling classes, schools and whatnot, and the curriculum he makes up and uh, all the things that he does to shower you with propaganda every day. You know, I hear it all the time. And uh, it's not easy to resist that unless you're a a smart person that listens to programs like this and uh, information from alternative media, uh, you know, most people are lost. They just, you know, just think, for example, that in Ukraine, oh, yes, it's it's the Russians' fault. No, that's just the Russians' fault. They don't know about all the things that people who listen to PR and know about uh, the sabotage and, the coup d'etat that occurred over there and and all the other things, as well as all the other things that go on in society that we don't know about and we don't understand. I mean, there's so many things. I could run them off, but I'm not going to do that today. (laughs) But, you know, it is a very, very, very difficult thing for people to uh, understand what is really going on, and why that unnecessary situation in Ukraine exists and basically exists because of the United States policy in the interest of those who rule this country and much of the world. Well, thank you. We
0: have to leave it there because we're out of time. We'll come back to each other tomorrow to continue the conversation because there's much more uh, to be added to it. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Dave. Thank you all for calling in and contributing meaningfully today. Uh, I love being in your company. I really do. I get quite an education, and uh, I'm making uh, the, the best use of it as I can. All right. So we see each other tomorrow. Set the time and the date, and be here. Bye-bye.